What's up, guys, and welcome to the Mafia Championship podcast, the very first edition. Boy, am I hyped. <laughs> I'm more hyped than Apocalypse. if any of you guys know her. I'm hyped with the 10 exclamation marks. The Olympics is cancelled, but one thing that isn't cancelled is the Mafia Championship. If anything, it's doing better than ever because a lot of people are home due to the coronavirus. So, as you can see, I'm not alone in this podcast. I have four people with me and not just any four people i have four previous champions i have the season one winner the inaugural winner d wetzel from two plus two i have uh dells uh the winner of uh, let me recall season three four season four <laughs> yes that's right it's the three most recent winners besides the wetzel so it's season four champion Dells, season five champion, general handkerchief, and the most recent champion, Beck. And guys, you can turn on your microphones. Uh, and let's get this baby started. So uh, let's uh, say hi to these guys one at a time. Alrighty. There's one person that I think a lot of people are very excited to hear from, D. Wetzel, the season one winner in the house. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? How are you doing? I was pleasantly surprised when you said you'd uh, be uh, on yeah, both this podcast. Yeah, I figured, what's, why not? You know what? The heck could be fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> so glad that glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, and um, let's just uh, do a quick catch up. Uh, yeah. Regards to like, well, werewolf, aka mafia. I know you you call it werewolf, and I'm also like raised to call it werewolf. <laughs> uh, how long it's been since you played? And uh, oh like... gosh, uh, probably two and a half years or so uh, since I played a game. Uh, last year before that, uh, you know, I probably did the whole, oh, I don't really want to play, but I'll sub in if you really need me for the extra play. Yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> that means you're playing. So, um, but yeah, and it just got, you know, work obligations and family obligations just got to the point where I didn't have the time to really devote to games that I like to have when I want to play. So just kind of faded out of it. So still yeah. like playing, but yeah hard to make the time to do it so fair enough i think uh, a lot of people uh get to that stage uh i've uh, called myself retired for uh, i think six years but i have played some games in those years so i'm not really <laughs> retired semi-retired is what i think uh, it's called and like uh, jones says in the chat and we have a lot of activity in the chat uh, i don't know if you guys are following along on the side uh there's a reunion coming soon uh, and that is true there will be a championship reunion. So that's a big tease here. There will be a reunion. You've been teasing a championship reunion for like three years now, thingy. That's true. But maybe the but now enough people are left that you can do that. Teasing it longer <laughs> than Panthers Seinfeld mash. <laughs> well, you got you got to stretch it out so it's so it's so it's more uh, special when it happens. Slow rolling the reunion too. I see how it is. Yeah, we needed more winners, of course. We needed the UN yes. back to also win. Um, and let's uh, move on to um, the season four champion uh, Hello. from Game uh, Facts. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Game Facts. That's okay. exactly how it's pronounced. <laughs> and uh, Dels, um, tell us a little bit about uh, like your Mafia situation right now. Uh, I mean, I still play Mafia, but I don't like to play too often. Like a lot of people are just kind of playing nonstop, whereas I usually play like, you know, one or two, maybe three games a year, because if I play a game, I get so into it 
that like by the end of it, I'm completely exhausted and I can't play again for a few months. Um, but I do have um, the same thing. I do have a standing offer on my home board to replace into any game if they absolutely need it and there is no <laughs> one else. Awesome. Uh, let's move on to uh, General Handkerchief. GH. Uh, nice background you got there, GH. Yes, yes. Um, I apologize for that. I see on the Twitch screen, um, my face is kind of shrouded in darkness. Uh, it does look better on the Zoom call itself. I apologize for this. Uh, there's a real window there. Too much natural light coming in. just screws with everything. Um, I apologize okay. to Twitch chat for that. To a lot of people, you're shrouded in darkness anyway. Darkness. You know what? And great. that's the image I like to convey anyway, so that this sort of works. Yeah. <laughs> you remain a mystery. <laughs> uh, and do you still play GH? Uh, yes. Um, my winning season was 2018. I took most of 2019 off, quote unquote retired, uh, due to burnout and just general, just I don't want to do this crap anymore. But um, combination of quarantine and the burnout naturally ending, I'm kind of back. I'm playing a lot of Nashes uh, lately, though I'll still probably do a couple of, you know, normal sized games over the course of the year as well. Yeah, we'll get back into this later, but uh, like uh, a lot of people on MU probably know GH as being the spectator spectator chat warrior. Like he <laughs> posts in there more than anyone else. And like judging from how much you're reading those games, I'm not sure why you don't play games because you seem to be playing all the qualifiers anyway. Yeah, right. Let's let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, there's no pressure when you're just a spectator warrior. Um, moving on to the most recent champion. Beck, uh, and Beck, uh, I, I can, uh, hello Beck, uh, me and Beck actually had uh, this idea for a podcast uh, two years ago, two seasons ago, so I'm glad to see it finally come to fruition, and thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here, uh, it was awesome to get the invite a couple weeks ago, um, and it's, it's really cool to be with all these other really talented players. Uh, yeah, so last, last season I won, which was 2019, um, I've been playing games on and off since then, like GH matches, small game stuff. I think I just signed up for another one. Um, gonna be hosting anniversary. We got an all-star cast hosting anniversary this year. Um, so still, still involved, still enjoying it. Yeah. How many players are you uh, imagining for the anniversary? Oh goodness. Um, I don't want. I don't want to be put on record here. I mean, it would be nice to <laughs> nice to shoot over over a hundred like we normally do. Uh, that's a pretty good goal. Um, I don't know if it'll be. I think. I think the first one we did in seventeen was. We hit like 180, maybe we went north. And Not north quite north. 180. I think you were like 170s. Don't ask okay, me okay. this. Okay. Um, so, so you know, I mean, the, the more people we get, you know, the better. And, and Champs always brings in more. But, but yeah, all in all, still active, still still enjoy it. Love Mafia Universe a lot. So, Someone in chat is saying 174 or something. Uh, that sounds right. And to, uh, I imagine there's maybe some people out there watching who uh, aren't that familiar with Mafia Universe. So let me just contextualize this a bit. Um, each year we run a big anniversary game, and uh, we have a lot of players in it. And I don't know what's. The, do any of you guys know what the record is? Uh, I believe it was set in the first anniversary. So whatever uh, Twitch chat is saying for that. Okay, so like almost two hundred, whatever. Uh, like that's the record for how many players we've had in game. But anyways, this is not about the anniversary. This is about the Mafia Championship. Let me just throw some numbers at you guys out there. This season we have one hundred and sixty-five communities participating. It is down from 187 last year, but that is because we want to consolidate. It's not because we couldn't fill it. We just wanted to like have more quality rather than quantity. There are some more inactive communities out there. Uh, 
throughout the seasons, uh, seasons one uh, through seven, we've had uh, 50, uh, more than 50 different nationalities represented uh, from all continents. Uh, not sure we've had Antarctica, but uh, we've had uh, <laughs> pretty much everything. Uh, we've had almost 1,000 representatives. And counting the new uh, communities participating this season, uh, we have 360 different communities that have played in the Mafia Championship throughout the years. Uh, that's a lot of communities. Uh, unfortunately, some of them have uh, passed away, so to say. Uh, but I have also seen some season, um, communities be revitalized by the current corona situation. Hooray um, for plagues! Yeah, exactly. Um, and let's talk a bit about this season. Um, let's talk about the... Where should we start? Let's talk about the, the setup. Um, the setup. It's called, uh, well, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, actually. It's Jack Jode of All Squared. Trades. Jode Squared. Jack of All Trades Square. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, the setup, or actually, let me contextualize this a bit more. Uh, each season in Mafia Championship, we run a different setup. We do this to avoid um, certain communities having an advantage because it's it plays to their meta, their usual style of play. Um, we want to mix it up so it's not unfair in that way. Uh, so we've had anything from like uh, what's called mountainous, that means rollless games, no rolls at all, no special rolls at least, uh, to uh, like roll madnessy type games. Um, this is um, an open setup this year uh, for 15 players, uh, three mafia, and then um, what is it? Um, two special town power roles that are both jack of all trades, and they're both the same role. And to explain. Finally, the Jack of All Trades role, it means that you alternate between different abilities that you have. And for this season, I believe it's a tracker, it's a motion detector, and it's a doctor. Uh, so for those of you who don't know those terms, tracker means you can see uh, who someone visit, visited at night, uh, if they visited anyone. Uh, you can um, motion detect, and that is to check whether there was any activity surrounding the person, whether someone visited them or they visited someone else. And then finally, Doctor, uh, or Angel, as some communities call it, is a protective role. And uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this setup. And uh, I don't know, let's start with uh, maybe the most recent champion, Beck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, last last season, we I had their PRs, power roles involved on my setup too. And so I was excited. I know in between seasons, we'll kind of debate, you know, what we're looking for. So seeing this season that we're still going to get some some power roles involved, um, and I've not actually seen, you know, a jack of all trade like this, you know, used super commonly, um, you know, elements of it, right, but not all, all together necessarily. So I was really excited to see that. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to see it really play out with a lot of potential for some kind of trick plays, some, some you know, fake claims here and there. It's going to provide a lot of opportunity for players to get really creative, um, which is always, always really exciting. So, yeah. And the uh, GH. Uh, one of the like the special things about this setup, and it's very much on purpose, is that there are two uh, identical uh, power rolls. Uh, do we have yes. like what are your thoughts on the how it plays into the dy dynamics of the game? I think it's extremely interesting. I know a lot of people in their setups don't really like overlapping power rolls, especially in smaller setups like this. But I feel like in this instance, the two jotes or jacks of all trades. Uh, actually is a little bit weaker or at least fairer to the mafia team than just a single one because if you got a track or you got a motion detect if it's just you as the single joke you have a lot more clarity with those results 
than if there's two out there. So it gives a little bit of an added extra dimension to the things you're like, oh crap. So do I want to push on this person super hard because I know something happened? Do I risk doing that even though they might be my joke partner? Uh, there's you know a lot of um, just I at risk of repeating myself an extra dimension and something that I think uh, so is what does- prime for a lot of potentially interesting, fun situations to spectate as people go all in on an interpretation of what they saw that might not necessarily be correct. And that's always fun to spectate. So what does this mean? Like if you're one of the Jack of all trades, do you want to see the other Jack of all trades lynched? You don't, uh, you don't ever want to see a town power roll lynched and you don't ever want to see a town roll lynched period. Just, you have to try to just work around it a little bit more. And, Doing that, if you roll that, is something that you'll probably be judged on by both your peers and the jury. Yeah, because one of the like, I of course uh, I don't think any uh, Jode would want that, but one of the interesting dimensions is that the role becomes much more powerful when the other role dies. Um, Bells, I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts on the the setup, and let's maybe also touch on expectations and uh, guesses, and I'll ask all of you for those because. Uh, it's no secret that uh, the Mafia Championship, and we'll touch uh, more generally on this as well, has seemed to be pretty Mafia-favored in the sense that throughout all seasons, uh, the Mafia have won more games than the town has. And we've tried many different setups, and it always seems to fail, so to say, <laughs> uh, in some regard. Uh, Dels, what, what are your expectations of this setup? Is it more town-favored than previous setups, or what do you think um, will happen? I'm not sure. Well, one of the things about a setup like this, an open setup that I don't think often gets touched on, is that the people with roles are sort of like innocent children, because since the roles are known, the Mafia don't really have room to counterclaim. Um, They do have room to counterclaim on the final day, lynch or lose, um, and they often do and get believed from what I've seen. Um, But that is something that helps the town a lot, because maybe some townie who isn't playing super well could have gotten lynched, you know, oh, they happen to roll jack of all trades, they claim it, the mafia can't counter, and suddenly that lynch is off the table. So I think that's one thing that helps the town. Um, and personally, I also like the fact that the jacks have doctor saves, um, because it means that the mafia can't just kill the strongest player on night one. There's a little bit more of a risk involved. So that's something I like just for championship format as a whole, but it could potentially help towns win more if the mafia are scared to just kill the strongest player. And I'll uh, I'll expand on that and then bring it over to you, D. Wetzel, because uh, D. Wetzel played in season one, where the setup was uh, there were about twenty five players and it was um, sim- semi close, which means like uh, there were thir- thirty or so possible roles uh, that could be in the game, including very powerful roles such as the cop or the seer, as some of you might know it. Basically, a role that uh, can check someone's alignment each night, and also vigilante, which just straight out takes a player out of the game. <laughs> and uh, that is something. I can uh, reveal that we've tried to avoid in later seasons. Uh, we've learned from before. Uh, it's been difficult not to uh, to make a setup without these very classic roles. Like when you play a regular game outside of championships, you often see those roles and you want those roles because it it has certain brings certain momentum to the game. Um, but we sort of want to avoid that in the championship. Uh, so, Dwarfs, what are your uh, thoughts on like the setup your season versus uh, this season? Do you think oh, this allows? Uh, for more I mean, s- yeah. I mean, we, you know, my season was definitely closer to a mishmash type setup instead of this, which is obviously much more vanilla. 
Um, this setup is, is very interesting. Um, like you said, one, one jack of all trades is much, much, much more powerful once the other one dies. Um, that's already been noted. The other interesting thing to me is how do you leave potentially important information in the thread or do you leave potentially important information in the thread yeah. in case you die at night? You know, obviously it goes with you. So can't it, does it make sense to play the, oh, if I'm the jack of all trades, then blah, blah, blah. Does it make sense to play that game? Does it make sense for everybody then to get in on that action and try and, you know, lay, lay yeah, you know, some, some uh, cover. Yeah, uh, let me explain some context here. Um, me and Dwetz will both uh, originate from the same community, 2 plus 2, where the cup uh, set up. You is, came from is, PokerNet. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. A poker community in any case, um, where it's very popular for games to have cups, uh, actually to be centered around cups. And so people leave cover, which means that uh, if I'm the cup, then I uh, investigated this person this night and uh, I got this result. And everyone leaves this cover so that even when someone who is the cup dies, you can sort of call someone cup hunt cleared, is what we call it, a seer hunt cleared. Uh, of course, that can sometimes be. Um, a dangerous assumption to make, uh, but it's also dangerous for the mafia to make those kills and thereby uh, give up one night of actually cup hunting. So it's a game of a give and take in that sense. And so what I think Diversal is referring to here is a uh, is it an optimal strategy for everyone in the game in this uh, Jode uh, game to say, well, uh, if I use the if I'm the Jode, I use the duck action this night and I save this person. Uh, and I think uh, there could be some very good benefits to that uh, strategy because imagine if you're a Jode and uh, like probably the there are two very strong results you can get. One is uh, saving someone, um, especially, well, actually that, that also goes, you can only have that clarity if you're the only Jode. Uh, but let's say you protect someone and uh, you're the only Jode, then you know that uh, that person is town. Uh, because the mafia can't kill themselves and they can't no kill. The kill is mandatory. Or you track someone to the kill. So you have a confirmed result there. And uh, if no one leaves cover, then often you're probably uh, bound to have to just out the result because uh, if no one else leaves cover, even if you try to leave it as cover, like it's pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know what you guys, is, and anyone can uh, jump in here. Do you think that should be a strategy in these games? Um, in a vacuum, yes. Historically, with uh, champs towns having been traditionally as um, how do I word this nicely <laughs> uh, uncoordinated as they have been, uh, it probably just isn't worth it to put into practice. Maybe right, and that of course means as as thing you said, you've got to uh, if if you're the Jot and you've got something in the end game, you're just gonna have to out at them, yeah, uh, and, and just sacrifice yourself, take the one for one, and. Yeah, obviously, if it's a wolf, if it's a if it's a, a town peak, effectively that you have, you know, if you've saved someone, um, right? Then, uh, you know, obviously, you might want to sit on that a little bit more if they're not in any danger. But, um, yeah, you probably would have to out yourself for the one to one. You have you have a good numbers advantage in this game. You know, most of the what I'm used to is the from two plus two is the traditional thirteener, and you've got fifteen in this. So you do have a little more raw village. Right power on the other end it's so. needed yeah oh I, i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let me talk about uh, let us talk about uh claiming and whether to believe claims and uh, and if anything is special for this setup especially because there are two jotes uh, say you have someone claim jote on a uh, day one 
day two or day three. Do you uh, believe those claims? Do you offer them uh, a stay of uh, execution? Or how do you approach that? I would I would say context. Context is everything. I mean, I mean, y'all can comment on that too, but I think the difference between day one, two, three matters drastically, um, you know, in terms of, you know, how you're going to interpret that claim. I would agree with that. I think in general, I, and again, at, at time of day matters on this sort of thing too. And, and the reason that the person is claiming um, in general, day one or day two, I don't think it's a big deal to, you know, give them a, a stay of execution for, for one night. Um, Cause if they are the, you know, if they are the Jack of all trades, obviously, you know, the wolves are going to have to deal with that at some point pretty right. soon. That's a very dangerous game for them to play to, let that person, you know, dangle and play the game of, oh, they, they haven't killed him. He must not actually be that. Especially if the Wolves are down in numbers. Um, mm-hmm. If they lose one early to a D1 lynch or something, because then it just becomes exponentially more powerful. Yeah. They, and then they just have to take that and kill them. So you, know, you never want to lynch your joke. That, that's like the ultimate, <laughs> you know, suicide play. Um, if, if they're in the position where they're, in danger and they just have to claim you know do it sensibly have you know 20 minutes before end of day or so whatever gives everybody time and just say guys here it is i think that's the optimal play if they're in a situation where they're going to get lynched rather than trying to fight it it's a monumentally stupid play <laughs> for a villager to take that line i think 98 <laughs> of the time and i predict you will see it at least in a couple of your games anyway very likely <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes scum do try the desperation claim, though. Maybe not on day one, but they just try to claim before getting lynched just to draw out the counterclaim. Yeah. And I think it's kind of transparent when it happens. So in that case, you know, just lynch them anyway. But yeah, if they claim early, it'll have to be dealt with. They're not going to get away with it for a whole game. So if you have an alternative, I think it's fine to just lynch elsewhere. Yeah. Do uh, scum fake claim enough in championship games? Uh, they claim they fake claim about exactly enough in the mountainous season, Delta season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they fake claim at Lilo, like I said earlier. Sometimes yeah. they just fake claim at Lilo, and then some poor townie says, "No, I'm actually that role," and they get lynched because <laughs> it's champs. So right, yeah. Uh, it, I I joked earlier, but it's, it's really season dependent. Um, last year setup season back one, uh, that was a very role intensive setup, and I believe that there were not only fake claims but fake results, including uh, in your finale by uh, one of your par- mafia team partners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking back, like again, totally season dependent, but I'm thinking even in our wild card two, you know. Uh, we entered the final day. There was there was three of us. It was uh, you know three of us of the seven left, and we manufactured a, a, a fake claim, or at least the claim was real in terms of actions, but you couldn't deduce if that was something that the villager did or the wolf did, and it put us in a in a power position where the village really had no choice but to believe the first claim. Right. And we ended up forcing two villagers to vote each other pretty quickly, um, <laughs> and, and and we won the game. And so you're you're totally right. It definitely definitely depends on on the weight of the power rolls that you have but i think it's totally fair game and i think you know you're going to see it here whether it's you know the right thing to do or not you're, you're going to see a wolf do it eventually yeah and something i've noticed townies really like to believe the first claim 
I don't know what it is. I think people just like to take the path of least resistance. So if the mafia claims first, they just assume it's the truth. Oh, that person claimed cop. They gave us a result on a silver platter. It's so easy to just hope it's true and go along with it. Uh, you really, really can't do that. You have to question everything. All right. Um, so moving on from that to something uh, related, or actually, no, let us wrap this part up with uh, predictions. So there are 11 qualifier games. Let's just stick to the qualifiers because the wild cards or semifinals, as they're called this year. Yes. Um, well, actually, let me explain that quickly. The system works <laughs> differently this year. I'm not sure you all know. Uh, uh, I don't know if you checked the setup, Diversal. But for the first time ever, no one qualifies directly to the finale. We have semifinals. So what was kind of the wild cards before is just what everyone moves into, those who get that spot. Uh, so some are voted directly to the wild card, so semifinals, and uh, I think about 23 people are advanced by the jury. And we'll perhaps also touch on jury stuff later because um, as fans of the championship knows, uh, if you ever gotten to be a finalist, that means you're automatically on the jury next year. And I believe everyone present here has served as a jury member, me included. Uh, yes. I, I didn't uh, win my season, but uh, I got fifth place in uh, D. Wetzel season, season one. Uh, we were townies together, uh, alive at the end together, glitched the wolf together. Good times. But he stole the crown from me. That's, that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> um, but predictions. 11 qualifier games. Beck, you're up first. How many will town win? Good question. Um, I think it's going to... Because last year it was... Well, it was almost... Uh, do you want qualifiers or do you want the entire package? Because it's pretty similar I mean, either going, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> last year was a predominantly Wolves. Um, I'm not as familiar with, with the stats on, on five as well, but like like Thingy said, you know, it's it's generally Wolves. I, I think it's going to be a little bit close to a split this year. Um, you know, just from kind of the, the players that I've seen, I think the more that we've done kind of championships, you see a lot of returning players, which is always awesome. Um, you see a lot of people who are more familiar with, with you know, Moffy Universe setup. So my hope is at least that we're going to see a few more town wins than we have in the past. I wouldn't call it 50%, uh, but I'd, I'd probably say it's going to be closer to that. Yeah. Uh, I have to respond to chat uh, because they're wondering if I'm even looking at chat. And I am indeed. Uh, there's been some funny comments. I know GH is providing <laughs> a backstage uh, information to them um, about my green screen. This is indeed a green screen. This is not my little demand to know. <laughs> and uh, my sexual, sexy radio voice uh, is uh, thanks to something called voice meter. It's not yes. my natural voice. <laughs> You are, uh, however, hearing my natural voice, because unlike some of us, I do not need <laughs> artificial modification in order to set, to bring forth these sweet, dulcet tones to all of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet tones. Um, and we also had someone, I think, Flush, uh, call out Dels. Uh, he was very thrown off by the fact that you're not a yellow monkey. It's <laughs> 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 <was> very peculiar. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, GH, your predictions. Yes. All right. So part of my pessimism is due to the fact that I am around a week or two removed from just verily, very thoroughly researching the article on the worst champs mislinches of all time. <laughs> so I've been knee deep in just this cesspool of poor champs towns. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say eight to three. And Wolves, Wolves win eight, uh, town wins three. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well, because I agree on paper we might get closer to the 50-50, but 
I'm not optimistic enough about that, yeah. so I would go with three town wins. Yeah. B. Wetzel, are you more optimistic about the town? No, but I'm going to say 6-5 Village anyway, because uh, if I'm right, I look brilliant. And if I don't, nobody's going to remember this anyway. So uh, uh, I, have, I have no reason for that, but uh, we'll say so, they get lucky a couple times. And, uh, okay. there. <laughs> All right, so that's official. d is a town believer. Yeah. All right, awesome. Um, I think let's contextualize. In season one, mm -hmm. did town win any of the qualifiers? I, think, I don't remember. They didn't I, win mine. I know that because it's yeah, and, no they, and the mine wasn't won uh, by the town yeah. either. The I final think. was. I, we did that. We the, the, that we, we won the finale. Yeah. So I think that was one town victory out of five in season one. <laughs> season two, there was the cup thirteener. That was won by some towns, I think, uh, but it was less than fifty-fifty. But that was also proven to be a balanced setup on these two plus two. Uh, and th the third one was that mountain mountainous. Uh, third one was Matrix Twelve. Matrix 12, right. Ooh. And that was maybe two town wins or something? Uh, game 8, that was my qualifier. We won that one. Yeah. Um, I think game... Whichever one Beck wasn't in. Not, I don't want to single you out, Beck, but... Um, We're not going to talk about get, that one. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get a 4 and 5 season mixed up a lot. I think it was uh, 4, that, the town one for that one. Um, Lisa is confirming in chat. Two town wins in the qualifiers out of 8, and then town took a wild cards and finale. Um, I know in the um, mountainous season, uh, amazingly enough, uh, it was four town wins out of 11, I believe. I think it was like five. No, it was four. I checked earlier. Okay. Um, uh, you know what? I'm thinking of the games that went to final three. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, it was uh, it was four out of 11. Uh, and like if we get that, this is basically the same setup with two more additional roles for the town. So going off of that, this like D-Wessel's prediction should be right. If we're just going off stats and that small sample size, <laughs> but it is indeed a small sample size. All right, um, guys, if you have any questions, uh, you can just post them in the chat. I'll try to pick them up. Uh, chat is moving by a bit fast, which is very nice to see. Uh, so, but I'll try to note the questions. Uh, I have one thing I do want to talk about, and that's whether cha championship mafia games in general just are more mafia favored. Oh like, boy! Like if. You <laughs> Like you take uh, like the prime example, I think is the Cup Thirteen setup we used in Season Two, which was tested across hundreds of games on Two Plus Two. Uh, these were players uh, playing many games with each other, so they had bet on each other, and it was proven to be like almost exactly fifty-fifty. Of course, sample size can be better, but let's just be kind and say that that's an appropriate sample size, and it was a balanced setup, and it proved not to be in the, a championship um, environment. And what are reasons for that? Like, uh, one of the reasons can be you no know, meta on each other, uh, like having to get used to the strange new place, like just, like just technically using the functions, and just feeling insecure. Uh, another thing I often notice is uh, people um, thinking that a lot of the other people know each other, so you're feeling on the outs for some reason, which is strange. Everyone thinks they're the only person new to MU, that everybody else in a set season has already played on MU, and they are the sole outsider. It's it's amazing. Yes, but there's one uh, final thing, and uh, I'll let you pick up on this. Uh, I'll just set the scene, and you can take it away. But there's one final thing that I think um, maybe hasn't been talked about enough, 
And that actually relates to a belief I have, which is uh, that Mafia is inherently a very Mafia um, favorite game. I believe that if everyone in the game tries uh, the hardest they can, the Mafia will always win. That is my belief, yeah. Um, uh, and you can read my Powerwolf article for that. But I believe if everyone, if the Mafia actually try their hardest um, and also have the time for it, I believe it's a very time investment type game if they have the time for it. Um, but in the championship, as opposed to regular games, and this is my point I'm getting to, uh, in regular games, you often see Mafia not wanting to play or being down about not being town. After you played a while, at least, uh, you, you start to want to be town because you want to play the detective side of the game. So you don't give it, as, uh, you, uh, your, you don't give it your all as uh, Mafia. And uh, you don't uh, try to avoid lynches as much because you win with the team. And that's the point. In, in this championship, sure, you win with your team, but advancement is on the line. So, yes. yeah, sure, yay, your team won, but you didn't advance, so you didn't win in that sense. So every single individual Mafia member is probably trying their damnedest to uh, outperform anything they've ever done. Uh, this isn't, of course, true for all, but it's uh, more true than in regular games. How do you think this plays in, and do you think that is a big part of why it's Mafia favorite? I saw you had some reaction spells. Let's take it over to you. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's a lot to react to. You covered a lot. <laughs> and also, I mean, I'm sure GH and I would say the same things about all of them. Yeah. But, well, first of all, let's talk. Yeah, the culture clash is a huge thing. Like I said, people take the path of least resistance, which means they are going to default to just lynching whoever just seems a little bit weird, whoever said something that you're not used to saying, or just whoever posts the least. Um, and so a lot of games just seem to go on rails. They kind of just determine on day one who the weirdest people are, who the people posting the least are, and they just lynch them in a row. Um, and then the Mafia win, because all they need to do is just kind of slink by, seem relatively competent, seem somewhat engaged, and the town has no reason to lynch them. And of course, it's the Mafia who are more able to not do weird things, because they're purposefully trying to, and the townies are not. Right. Um, and then another thing you said, you said you think that with high-level players, the Mafia have an advantage. But from what I've experienced, places that have a higher quality of player actually end up with more town wins. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of DLP because I know. Yeah, DLP is definitely. Um, and they I like played. seriously have to wolf side their setups to make it. Yeah. Um, but 50 -50. that could be a meta thing. Basically, Thingy, is your argument that high level players means Mafia will win more? in a game of strangers uh, because what about if they all have meta with each other doesn't that make it easier for the town uh meta always makes it easier um it does yeah so i think this is uh, always more true for strangers than it is for people who know each other and i've played in all-star games before uh, like um uh, on my other sites where town did win those games uh, but I also believe the mafia didn't give it the give it the all. So in this way, it's somewhat subjective. But I believe even on um, communities with high level play, I think the I think it's very town oriented. I think uh, because you play town more often, you get more experience with yeah. that. Uh, I think because uh, there are more town in a game, like like the whole talk. Uh, and the whole mindset about mafia. Often, when you explain it to people, it's like you gotta find the mafia. It's not 
you gotta lie to the others. It's you gotta find the mafia. There's some mafia. You gotta find it. All this talk is very centered around uh, finding mafia and being town because that's what you have more experience as, and that's also where you can feel more free and be honest. Uh, so that that's my belief why people often um, down prioritize the mafia part of the game. Yeah. Um, and what was another thought I had? Um, I can I can also think I can comment on yeah. I think another thing that you mentioned that I find interesting and I I, I know Geech and I have spoken about this in the past is you know is the context around championships the reason why you are playing ah, is yes. time you know anyone who is playing in this has been through election or, or voting at their home community has been deemed the best player this year, um, you know, or is the most recognizable in their home community or is the one who's just most eager to participate. So you put a lot of, you know, type A people into the same room in most cases, you know, it depends, you know, game to game, community communities, it's not all across the board, but generally you get a lot of type A people who want to win. And you start to see, especially in a village, and this may be a reason why village may not, I don't think this is the main reason but I certainly think it's a contributing factor is, is you start to play a little bit more to yourself. You, you play to the individual and it's gotten to the point too, where I've seen even games that I've played in the past, as far back as season three um, players mentioning that they're playing a certain way with the sole purpose yep. to advance. Absolutely. Um, which is its own conversation, you know, but, um, but that's something I've definitely seen too, that I, I find fascinating because it adds another layer you know, to an already social game. Um, so that's something that, that you definitely want to consider when you're playing, not to your audience, but you're playing to your player list. It makes a big difference. Um, yeah. I have two com two comments on that, Beck, and uh, very good thoughts that I agree with. Uh, like a good um, like allegory is maybe the current survival all winter season. Like the no spoilers, yeah. no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> but how it's played is just different than it would being a regular season and who does well in this season is different than who would do well in a regular season. And, and also like uh, related to this is the, the atmosphere and town core building, I think happens very differently in a mafia championship setting. Uh, partly because these players don't know each other, partly because they are used to different things. And like, we all know this when there's something that you're not used to. It's just it reads as strange, and you want to hold on to your own thing and that and that push that thing away. Your thing yeah. is right, theirs is wrong, and there's uh, less compromises <sighs> in a championship setting than I think there should be. Uh, like the strongest things I see, and this is my personal advice. Like I'm, I'm I always get excited and I want to play myself because I believe this is the strongest quality you can have as a town player in a game is bringing people together. Like building a good foundation for working together, not people uh, like yelling at each other, being arrogant, or and like and, and like one thing that people uh, do, drop the ball on is like including players. Like sometimes I'm reading the th these threads and I'm not playing in in the game, so I hope I would also be picking up on this as a player. But what I see is there are like uh, people that aren't adapting as well to like maybe even technically playing a side or you can just see they're not following the conversation or they seem strange or maybe there's a language barrier and nothing is done about it like you need because you need to be able to read those players you need to be able to work with them if they're town uh, and like you need to bring them in somehow uh, like you need to work around it or work with them 
And I, I just don't think that's the thing that's prioritized enough in the championship games. I would uh, absolutely agree. And um, I've seen over the years too many uh, talent players, especially. You can see this at the Mafia players uh, to a certain extent, but mostly the talent players fall victim to something that I like to call champs hero syndrome. Yeah, I got a couple eye rolls from that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a dumb name, but... It, it, it's really the best way I can describe it because you have too many people instead of doing one thing you talked about, you know, uh, building the town core, it's just kind of working together, working, especially to bring in the people who may um, be a, in a little over their head, uh, kind of bring them into the fold. It's instead people are going for the glory and they say, look, I might not be in for this game very long. This guy is the most likely Wolfie player, but damn it. I think they're a wolf and I mainly have one shot at this. So we're going to go for them now while we still can. So they kind of, instead of kind of bringing everybody together as a village, they do their thing. They demand to get their way. And more often than not, they're the target of their tunnel um, flips an alignment that they don't necessarily want that person to flip. I like being good at this game is subjective, but I think adaptability is important. And uh, uh, this is, is an example I like to give. Uh, I played some uh, games on Epic Mafia, uh, which to those who don't know is a browser-based mafia game, uh, and it's kind of a young audience. Like it's mostly teenagers playing on there. At least when I played uh, some years ago, uh, and I got lynched uh, over and over again for not having an avatar. So the question is: Are these people bad for lynching me, or am I bad for not adapting? My answer would be: I'm the bad player. Uh, it's an easy thing to adapt to. I know. I know what's happening. I'm just choosing not to out of stubbornness. Uh, so I would say I'm the bad player. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that and like adapting and the importance of it? Well, on that, you're both terrible because... <laughs> 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 but yes, but if you know somebody's going to do something stupid and you trigger it anyway, then yes, you're... you're yes, you're at fault too. You know what's going to happen, you know. You bought your ticket, as they say. I say let you crash, so... Um, but uh, yeah I and to go back a little bit uh, on what the others were saying is I think if a lot, if you're playing for advancement you're not really playing the game right is it you're also uh, less likely to advance if you play for advancement well yeah yes. because we know this we know this as the jury and we just yeah oh no. absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, but you just, good team play is an important aspect of you know it's well. the most important aspect yeah. of it. It's more important than being right because if you if you build a team, then you actually can be wrong and still win. And that's even better. <laughs> because mm -hmm. if you're playing the game where I'm gonna lead this village and I'm right and everybody get behind me, well, you're not listening to anybody else. You're not getting all the information you should be getting from the game because people have different perspectives. I mean, if you can't incorporate, at least incorporate that into what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also look at just, I mean, to, to Duet's point is, is you look at information overload and a lack of information. Different players are in the thread at different times and, and different players associate themselves with different personalities, different ways. So to really put yourself as a, at least as a builder in the, in the best, possible place to succeed you need to have those conversations you know you're you're only selling yourself short you know regardless of advance or anything like that if you're not doing the due diligence 
and, and looking for those additional perspectives because they exist. So that's really important too. I have an important question from the chat. I'll direct this to you, Dels. Does having an anime girl profile pic make you more <laughs> or less likely to be lynched than having no avatar? Why is this directed to me? But um, no avatar is definitely the worst. If you have no avatar, you're more likely to be lynched. And this isn't a joke. Like literally having an avatar means people are more likely to remember your posts, even yes. just by yeah. a little bit. They're more likely to get some sort of vibe from you. And the more they remember you and get your vibe, if you're town, the vibe is a towny vibe. So actually it's not just like some joke, having an avatar helps. I also think people make avatar reads in games, whether they're conscious or unconscious of them. Like yeah. if a guy has an avatar that's literally a wolf, People are gonna like, yeah. and there was a guy who was like this in the last season. Um, Incarnate, I think, was his name, and like, he could have posted the most towny thing in the world, but <laughs> it was a literal picture of a wolf <laughs> saying this. So you're always going to have that suspicion in the back of your mind. All right. So let's summarize the good tips here. One, have an avatar. Yes. Uh, preferably not of a wolf or anything fishy. <laughs> uh, two. Don't play to advance. Yes, absolutely. And, and three, be mindful of creating a good atmosphere and threat and bring others into the fold. Like if you see others are mm -hmm. lacking behind, do your best to bring them into the fold. And also, like, this is another benefit of that. They're probably more likely to vote for you post game. So you can have that in mind. Be kind to your fellow players. Uh, so being kind in general is always a good tip. And hey, it works in Mafia as well. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll return to this in a second i want to do a because i found a, an interesting statistic here uh oh and oh uh, everyone in um twitch chat uh feel free to uh, give your um, guesses as well so this is probably six years ago seven years ago maybe even um someone on 2 plus 2 did a statistical dive on uh, everyone who had played like 20 more games on uh, 2 plus 2 and uh, they um they were able to pull the data on how often they post as a mafia versus how often they post as town. Gosh, yes. And this, uh, and this uh, sample size included, I think, about 300 players. So out of 300 players, and this uh, question I posed to all of you, uh, out of 300 players, how many out of those do you think posted either the same amount as a town of mafia or more as mafia? Either the same amount or more. 20. Out of th uh, 300 players. 20. Would you say 20? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say no more than 30. 30. I'll say 7. How much? Uh, will say 7. Dulles, no more than 30. Beck? I said 5. Beck said oh, more uh, than 30. Oh, oh and you yeah. say 5. Only because it's 2 plus 2, but I don't know if that's against the rules. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you say, Dwetzel? I said 7. You said 7. All right. So, uh... It was uh, 10. Oh, okay. It was 10 players. And uh, that was, and out of those, okay. only four posted more as Mafia. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I believe Systolic was one of them. Uh, I was among the 10 <laughs> players. Uh, I was among the few that posted the exact same amount as Town and Mafia. The exact same amount. Uh, CP Hoya uh, was also on that line. He also posted the exact same as Town and Mafia. Those of you, uh, I think everyone here knows CP Hoya. Former um, Mafia Championship uh, finalist. Uh, oh, you don't know him, Dels? Dels, he made a great copy pasta. I know the copy pasta. pasta. Yeah, yes, yeah, I know yeah, the yeah. copy pasta, but <laughs> other than that. All right. Yeah, a former uh, championship finalist in season one. Um, 
I don't think he played the final, but he advanced to the final. Uh, and also Super Mafia All-Star, for those of you who know that. Uh, all right, let's return to, uh, and we've already been talking about this. You guys, you four guys are winners. Like, uh, let's do it as a game. Uh, so we'll start with D-Wetzel and we move on. And you have to give one advice to people playing the season. Like, what's one thing that you think really helped you win your season? What's th- like the one thing you would tell a new player? This is what you should do. I mean, for and a new for a new player, period, starting the game, I would say just you have to, this is going to sound really stupid and really simplistic, but read the thread every yeah. day. <laughs> Go back, read it later. It is. It has all the information you need, and it. it really does most of the time to at least make educated guesses. Yes. Um, which is really what the game is about: is making educated guesses ninety-eight percent of the time. There are no absolutes in this game, um, but seemingly innocuous things that get said on day one that, in in the context of day one, mean absolutely nothing to anybody, and they shouldn't mean anything to anybody. When you go back on day five and you read that, it'll mean something. Yeah. And just so just read, 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 read. And then when you're posting, just put people under pressure mm-hmm. to not necessarily whether, not necessarily even whether they're a villager or they're a wolf, but start making associations between them and other people in the game. Because what you start to do, I think what early game is about um, is building associations between people, kind of building the thoughts in your head of, okay, if this person is a villager, then that one probably is too, because blah, 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 blah. And you don't know whether that first person is or not, but you're going to find out eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So just build those associations between people. And that's kind of how I've always tried as a villager to solve the game and as a wolf you still want to make those associations because it does things like help you pick out power roles you know mm-hmm. gee i was this person was going after them pretty hard the first few days and then they suddenly stopped why hmm, maybe they know something now but really just read 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 and then when you're sick of that <laughs> and you felt like posting for a little bit stop read it again and then you can post <laughs> I think that's solid advice. I know a guy named Soa who would uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> super much agree with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because uh, what he talks about is information overload. And I think uh, I think that plays into what you're saying, Tivas, so you'll probably agree. You can tell us mm-hmm. if you do. Like, uh, instead of posting without being really aware of what has already been posted and, like, having opinion on that or doing an analysis of that, like, using that, there's already so much stuff behind you, use yeah. that before you just do more fluff or post or the, which makes it maybe uh, quite difficult for other players to follow the game as well. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I think it's so many people post frequently based on kind of surface level thought, gut level observation of, well, I kind of feel like they're a wolf. Therefore I'm just going to jam this into the ground and tell everybody, I think they're a wolf. I'm not going to tell you how certain I am of that or really why I feel that way. But just calling somebody a villager or calling somebody a wolf is easy for wolves to do too. Yeah. You know, I can say, oh, I think Beck's a villager. No, I didn't see the tail back there. Really? What? No. So, um, yeah. So essentially, you're creating an environment where it's easy for wolves to blend in. Exactly. Yes. Whereas if you make people 
post their thought. It, it's it's easy to fake that. It's harder to fake thought process of how you get there. I think I was pretty good at that when I played of faking the thought process of, oh, I can defend that wolf in such a way that it makes sense. And hopefully, number one, persuade some people. But number two, if it doesn't work, I've got plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> so that because the wolves obviously have to work together but you can't take each other down too so one easy way to do that is if nobody cares what you're saying then it's easy to just <laughs> you know do whatever but if you make people post detailed okay you say that person's a villager or that person's old why number one you might learn something that you missed um because people tend to focus on different things. There is only so much you can focus on at one time. But, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, let's uh, take it over to you, Beck. And uh, the game here is that you can't repeat anything that Divasil said. Yeah. You can't, you can't even um, use the same words. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to start talking in French. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, to, so, to give some context, last uh, season, my qualifier, I was, I was a villager. Um, I made it uh, through happenstance into the wild card where I was a wolf. And then I advanced from uh, the wild card as a wolf to the finale where I was also a wolf. So, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll leave most of the villager advice to some of these other guys. They're way more talented villagers than I am. Um, wolf advice, generally things that, that I did, um, two, two things I try to lean on is, is, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, know your player list, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter your home community. It doesn't matter who's in the spec chat. Uh, it's your player list that matters most. So what I did is I tried to get a handle on, you know, if I read player X, we'll say if I read GH as a wolf, how might he react? What, do you read me as a wolf? What is that? Uh, I, crazier things about it. <laughs> never never um but that's an example where you know if i know gh might be a little bit more of an aggressive player like in this example and he may not be as receptive to that you know steering my read around that and, and steering the game because in, in a lot of ways as a wolf in some of these high pressure situations you're navigating personalities and you're navigating you know you know the lynch and, and the night kill so on that note another piece of advice that i would say is there are a couple players that i signaled out as being really talented players uh, that were capable of leading, leading a village. I didn't bother tussling with those players because I knew I was going to off them at the night. So prioritizing your players, you know, around that um, is something that I always try to do as a wolf. I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to plan, you know, your missiles and your night kills out days in advance. I work, you know, at a day at a time, but having an eye for that kind of information is going to make your job easier. And quite frankly, you're going to piss off less people and you're going to get less attention as you do it. Um, so know your player list as you're kind of, you know, working through that um, as you go. And it, it takes time and, and it's not always easy. The other piece of advice that I like in general, not just for champs, but when I play Wolf is to make things that aren't important seem important. Yeah, uh, it drags the conversation away from things that actually are important. And like Dwight said, you know, you want to bring people together. You, you want to read the thread. If, they're if villagers are putting out good information and you're dragging away from that, you're wasting time. And time and post count is valuable, and it creates, again, that information overload, and it makes villagers make silly mistakes. Um, so finding ways to flood the thread with information that feels important in the moment but really isn't is a great way to mislead a village. So um, that's that's two pieces of advice I'd give to you know any wolves out there. So That's good advice, Beck. All right, so just a, 
public service announcement. I believe that uh, there is a current ongoing championship game uh, where the day is ending in one minute. Uh, someone in the Twitch chat can correct me if that's wrong. I'll wait no, that's correct. That's that correct. correct. All right, so I'll do this thing, uh, and you guys can mute your mics, and I'll replay the teaser that I started the podcast with, and uh, you guys can go check out uh, what's happening in the meanwhile, and then we'll be back here in like... Well, I think it's only 30 seconds. All right. Did uh, did someone get lynched? Oh, we're about five seconds away. We're about five seconds away. All right. Uh, we won't comment on the game. We will do, be doing postmortems. This will, won't be the only podcast there will be. <laughs> Maybe some of these guys will uh, rejoin me for a future podcast. I hope so. Certainly hope so. Um, but uh, let's, uh, let's say we can, we can tell who got lynched and what alignment there were. That's fine. Uh, looks like we something. had a villager lynch. A villager CJ. lynch. CJ. CJ got lynched. Ah, uh, playing for for the sports, I believe. Uh, they're uh, participating for the first time. Uh, all right. Spoiler alert to Twitch chat in case you're not following. By the way, I apologize. No, yeah. I, <laughs> Rip I didn't CJ. know chemist was in the game. I saw chemist post. I'm like, yeah, chemist. he's he's subbed in. Chemist, um, chemist. US time. Yes, chemist subbed in. For Oral Maki. Can, can I say one of the most stressful parts about Mock Universe is the countdown timer? It's the, <laughs> like in a game like this, there is no more pressure than that five five minute countdown timer. It's great, but man, does, does, can you can you you can feel the heat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. Uh let's see. What should we move on to? Time is going. I uh, hope we got a copy pasta <laughs> from Jaleb in Twitch chat. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um let's let's now that we're talking about this game, uh, let's turn our attention to uh the games this season, the schedules. All right. Um do you guys have any great expectations of uh, either certain players or certain lineups uh this season? I know I have, but I'll I just want to hear if anyone... Well, the one thing that I noticed when all the players were announcing um, that they were representing in the general thread was that there were quite a lot of returning players from the mm -hmm. season finale, which I won season five. I believe there's like six separate players who played in the season five finale that are coming back for another shot this time. So I just want to give a shout out to each and every one of them um, in no particular order. DS, Silver Keith, or Apocalypse... Psycho Soldier, uh, I'm forgetting the last two, Bokwees and Hey Monkey, um, all of them deserve to go as far as they possibly can, and I'm rooting for each and every single one of them. Hopefully they'll all meet again, and the town players can maybe uh, exact some revenge this time around, <laughs> you know, semi-final or even a finale game. Yeah, uh, to build on that, uh, I'll just uh, summarize. Uh, we actually have nine former finalists playing this season. Uh, so we have uh, Sir Chris, aka Acromatic. Um, he already played and died um, from GameFAQs, uh, Delsus community. He played in season two with the finale there. We have uh, Jagged Jimmy J. Uh, he played for something called Radio Music back then, but he's now a player on um, the Syndicate. Yes. Uh, m many of the players migrated to there. He was also a finalist in season two, right? Two, yeah, yes. Season two, yes. We had two season two finalists returning. And then Violet, I believe, from Chaos. Yes. I forgot, I forgot to mention Violet. I apologize. Yeah. Violet, yes. Yeah, so Violet, Arapocalypse, Silverkeith, Bokis, Hey Monkey, uh, Cyber, yes. and BS. Yeah, so that's nine 
former finalists returning. That's uh, awesome. That's uh, yeah, that's awesome. It's good to see people back. And like on that note, actually, uh, raise your hand if you won the first time you played in the championship. Beck and Bells. Or, sorry, Wetzel and yeah. Bells. Yeah, oh. Wetzel. Wetzel. Were the only ones? Yeah, I guess that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Beck and I. Uh, first we, game, we, but yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that uh, what I want to say is that Beck and GH, you had to try more than once. <sighs> um, part of this actually goes into uh, the question that you asked Wetzel and Beck, but didn't get around to for myself and Bells. Just my first finale experience was disappointing. I don't think I played particularly, well, I, I played poorly, but it was just one of those where um, the village did a lot of what Wessel was talking about and they just read everything and they made themselves excessively villagery very early on. And they just <laughs> teamed up, you know, they teamed up right away. And after about a day and a half, probably even before that, it just became very clear that that game was 13 villagers beating each other over the head with a stick on how villagery there were. And then the four of us who ran to Wolf were just like, oh, okay, this is fun. And we just got squished. So I know I knew coming into the my second season, the season I ended up winning season five, that I wanted to do better. Not even to win the championship. I didn't really care about that. I just wanted to just put in a better performance in the finale. So coming into the tail end, for that there was just always that desire just all right you know what happened just make sure that doesn't happen again go go the extra mile go over the line if you have to and um so would you agree with that obviously it worked like there's experience in general with mafia but there's also championship experience (sighs) and the championship is its own thing as much as i hate the answer that i'm about to give i do think the chance experience is its own thing i wish it wasn't but it's its own ecosystem to an extent Mm-hmm. So, so touching on that, Beck, uh, would you would you agree that uh, your previous experience helped you, and would you expect uh, the finals we're seeing this season to also do quite well uh, or even better than the last time? Yeah, so I I agree with GH's assessment. I don't feel great giving that answer, but they're they're really different beats beasts again because of the elements that add to it. But you know, you get a lot like. I think a lot, any of us can attest to this, you know, there are a lot of players that come out of the woodwork from communities that we don't know as well. Right. They do them, like just do amazing. And they fit right in and they, and they get it because they're smart, you know, players who have a lot of experience, you know, we've got a couple here that have won. So, you know, I, I think it's a, a mixed bag in that regard. I would say it definitely helped me personally. Um, you know, back in season three, I, I joined Mop Universe just after season two when it kind of, you know, just, just came about. Season three was the next big thing I joined. And I was still pretty experienced as a, as a, a werewolf player anyway. Um, so, you know, having watched season four and season five and taking some time off and frankly growing as, as a person too, you know, you just get better at the game. So I think for me personally, it, it was really beneficial. Um, and it definitely changed my mindset entering kind of game seven last year, my qualifier, um, you know, how I wanted to approach players, how I wanted to be perceived by players, regardless of advancement. So I think, there's for me personally there was a sense of maturity to going from season three to season six yeah and we also have like other uh, finalists uh, who played like we have soa who actually qualified for the season one finale but didn't play but then played again and made uh, made it to the finale played and got i think second or third in that game uh so there's a record of uh, former finalists going back and then just crushing it again uh so if that's uh, any indicator we'll have those nine people doing well probably this season as well um 
what was the question that I was headed to? Uh, I forgot. I know on the agenda you had like our predictions to win at some point. I don't know if you still want to ask that. Um, yeah, no, I want to know your predictions to win, but let's also talk about like the games, like the stacked games. Like I have okay. one game that I want to call attention to, so let me actually just bring that up. Uh, I'll try here uh, so Twitch chat can see it. I'll enlarge it. Uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, just oh, wow, look at that. For the moment, I'm gonna bring it over the chat. Sorry, guys. Uh, all right, so for those of you who don't have Twitch chat open or uh, the stream open, sorry. Uh, game 11, the last game this season. Uh, we have uh, Super Mafia. I'm just gonna. Well, actually, let me also focus on names, but it's also the communities. And that's also what I want to talk about. Which communities seem to just do well in this uh, event? We have Colin from Super Mafia All Stars. All Stars has traditionally been very strong. Yeah, uh, we have Crumb uh, Rower from the Avocado. Avocado came storming onto the scene last season, qualified for the finale. Spine very, creature, very strong yeah, first appearance. Yeah, and he got like I think third, right? Um, yes. We have uh, someone yeah. from Pokenet, which is my side. We have Nilsson. Um, like he started playing in 2009 uh, with me, I think. Oh wow! Uh, but 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 uh, he has he didn't then play for a decade. He only just got back. So yes, that like he has the. I wouldn't say experience, but like he's he's not new, but then he has that new spirit, right? Uh, so I think he has a good combination there. I think uh, and just the poker mindset. So, uh, we're gonna maybe <laughs> talk about this, but I think being from a poker side is maybe beneficial. Like that game is about reading people, so there's obvious benefits there, right? We have Wolf uh, Pilika from Wolfia Discord. It's a Discord centered around the game. We have Saigo, right. a previous fin- finalist. We have two million bucks from Board Game Geek, a very strong community yeah. that's played. Yes. Like they played thousands of games. I know two million bucks played more than a hundred games, hosted almost fifty games. I think having hosted games is also wow. a big advantage. That's impressive. We have Wisdom from Mafia Sverige. Uh, that, that is Swedish scumbags community. Uh, obviously yeah. a mafia-oriented uh, community. And he also qualified the finale. And then I also want to call attention to, of, of, of course, uh, Hey Monkey, previous finalist as well. Yes. And we have Human Dawn. And the Human Dawn may be unknown to many people. from That name Bobby sounds Garden. familiar for some reason. Um, he's played yeah, on Mafia yeah. Universe before. He did very well. He was actually supposed to represent uh, Bob Garden in a previous season, uh, season two or three, I don't know, but had to drop out. Uh, but I've seen him play. Uh, and I would keep an eye out on this guy. Like he has All the right. level headed, the level headedness um, that I would expect of a good townie. Of course, then we have some newcomers. We have a uh, hectic from Warwick Mafia Society, and they're mafia oriented as well. And mafia communities usually do well. So all in all, like this is just a epic lineup. I think. I think uh, game eleven is one to look out for. Um, the last game in qualifiers, so make sure you pay attention for the entire thing. Twitch chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't want to miss a single moment. <laughs> Uh, I also want to call attention to another game. Let me find it here. Uh, there we go. Uh, game seven. Ah, uh, yes. Game seven. Let me enlarge that. All right. So in game seven, oh, wow. uh, we have. Uh, and actually, let me pr- let me preface this with a question. Of course, uh, it's sort of spoiled, maybe, by this picture. Those of you who have it up. But what is the one community in the Mafia Championship that has made it to the finals every single season? I believe that would be Flash, oh, Flash Revolution. That is, that is Flash, Flash Revolution. So what's up with that? Like, we're talking about, okay, poker sites, they can be expected to do well, but then you have Flash, Flash Revolution making it to the finals, crushing it every single season, even producing two finals one year uh, because uh, one of them uh, subbed in for another community and 
he just also made it to the finals because why not, right? Right. Um, so like we have Flash Flash Revolution, obviously one to look out for. We have Giraffe Boards. Uh, we have um, GOG, which has also produced the finals. We have our own site, Mafia Units. We have Mafia Landy, a Spanish Mafia site. Uh, we have uh, Marshmallows from SC2 Mafia, also a Mafia-centered site. This is also looking like a very strong lineup to me. Well, Heroclix Realms has also produced finals before and wildcard spots before. Uh, and the final one I want to call attention to is Game 6. Like, this is what I, I like. I followed the the, um, the talk in um, in Spectator Chat, and these are the games that people are looking really forward to. Game 6, we have uh, Dark Lord Putter, probably one of the three. Very, uh, very like, good pedigree. Like, like one of the top three communities, like if you're looking at the record in the Mafia Championship Series. Yeah. Play Diplomacy has also done very well. Uh, we have DS, a former finalist. We have Jagged Jimmy J, a former finalist. <laughs> we have Smog On, which has also done well. Then we have uh, maybe a controversial one, Epic Mafia, uh, who I would say because of them being a browse game and the, and the user base they have, people maybe have some um, low expectations of them. But actually, based on how they've done when they have played, especially Season 1, uh, where they had two finalists, um, doesn't seem very fair. Like, they seem to actually do very well, the serious plays they have on Epic Mafia. So that might also be one to look out for. Of course, we have Wisp. Absolutely, uh, yep. Yeah. Cobalt, yeah, from Dark Report. Also, varies. And uh, Carrot from Garuagu, also a werewolf um, centered site. Yes. So, what are your thoughts on like communities? Like, uh, what communities st uh, are, do you think would do well, or do you even think there's talk about that? Because then Flash Revolution is doing very well. Dark Lord Potter is like a fanfic, Harry Potter related side. Why is that doing well? Like, what are your thoughts on that and the strengths that each fandom or theme has? Anyone else want to take this? Well, I'll, I'll start just by saying it's awesome that we've got a sense of lineage now that the communities have begun to build a reputation about how they perform. And so that adds another element, you know, to, to, to stepping into these games as someone that may already have a target on their back. It builds the sense of meta before there's actually meta. So that's exciting. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> there's a couple that I'm really excited about to see players more, more in particular than, than communities in general, but that's something that I find really fascinating being in season seven now that, that we get to talk about that. <clears throat> exactly. Like um, what I'm just mind blown by is like uh, we have these expectations each each season, and uh, I can reveal that we even had uh, like um, drafts in the past, or I was part of drafts where we tried to like predict who would do well, and we didn't really have any reason to think some some of them would do mm -hmm. well. It was just pure guesses. But like then we have like each season we have new communities storming onto the scene and just performing super well. Like we had Kulev, the Finnish side, they just. Two out of two seasons, they produced finalists. We have Lions Club Online, uh, made it to the final, I think, got second or third uh, last year after participating for the first yeah. time. Grey Dog Software, made it to the finals, participating for the first time. The Avocado, Reset Era, Raja, Space Battles, the list goes on and on. Like, there's no uh, saying that anyone is out of this, um, which I think is good to see. Like, we want new blood, and that's what I'm excited about. Absolutely. So, like, if you guys, uh, I don't know if you've looked over the list, if you had to, like, like, give a guess at a new community that you think gonna do well. What's, what's your guess? New community? Yeah. Uh, like something you don't recognize. <clears throat> Make a bold prediction. I wanna say, this isn't necessarily a new community, 
but I'm going to say one of the Facebook groups that plays Mafia is going to do one. I think somebody's going to break that mold. Yeah. We've had a couple of those past seasons and um, had a couple of people that I've seen, but I don't think they've ever really advanced that particularly that far. But I think this is the year for one of them. I think that's very interesting because I would agree. They have, uh, well, let's just say it uh, because this is also a compliment, I think. They have underperformed uh, in terms of how strong their communities are. They're very strong communities. Like I'm, like they're not very public unless you've joined the Facebook groups. But I'm part of the Facebook groups, and they are super strong. Like, uh, if uh, I think some of them even spawn from Board Game Geek, and like they're all board game enthusiasts. So, if, like, if you know about the level of play of Board Game Geek, you sort of expect the same level of play on these um, Facebook groups. And I think that's definitely something to watch out for. And even though in some of the games they're playing with each other, so that might also be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, because one thing that people don't know is that they they know each other. These Facebook groups, they yeah. are yeah. they yeah they have um they're on meta yeah overlapping um, player bases and uh, meta with each other. Uh, so it's not separate, at least most of them. Yeah. Um. Oh, I remember where we were uh, before the break. We came back from break. That's right. Advice to new players. <laughs> Dells. <laughs> Were we going back to that? Yeah. Uh, so, You're on the spot, buddy. You can get out of that. It's always like, sir. There's a million things I could say, but I'll go with, um, I think, an important one. Treat other players as if their opinion is just as valuable as your own. So really? there's a lot of people who sort of talk to other people, and they just say, these are my reads. These are who the scum are. And they don't actually spend any time saying, well, who do you think the scum are? What do you think about what I just said? Right. And not just saying it, actually meaning it, actually listening to the other person and actually sometimes saying, okay, let's go with what you want. So I think that's a really important thing. And then my other major piece of advice is every time you have a read that you are certain is right, and there's someone who you're saying, I am certain this person is scum. There is no way they are going to flip town. Try to think back to all of the past times that you <laughs> thought that and they flipped town anyway. Um, and really ask yourself, what makes this different from all of those times? Why am I sure this time uh, that I'm not wrong? That's, Boom, bye, those are scum. my top two pieces of advice. <laughs> all right, people, rain bomb. Boom, bye, scum. All right, that's good advice, Dels. Uh, that's very good advice. Like you, like yeah. I, I don't know why people don't sometimes stop themselves and think, "I've been in this situation before, and I was wrong. Why am Why am I so confident in this? Why am putting the game on the line for this?" Um, a funny quote from Karen in a chat, Twitch chat. We always ask who are the wolves, but we never ask how are the wolves. I like that. G <laughs> H, uh, last man up. And actually, I want to tie this into something because uh, oh we're, we're, sort of run, we're sort of running out of time. So I'll combine this with another, another um, theme on our subject list. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, on Mafia Units, we have a place for theory articles. Articles about uh, what we think about the game, like str often strategy type articles. Uh, I've wrote one about uh, Powell thing and uh, GH has wrote... Uh, uh, a very popular recent one about the top 10 missed lynches in championship history, or at least um, the worst season. 10. I, I don't want to give this title superlative. Uh, the uh, worst 10. The, the worst 10, uh, though it should be said this is from, I think, season three onwards or season four. Yeah, because that's when I started following season yeah. three. three yeah, there were, some, there were some pretty uh, horrible ones. Uh, I think Dewitz uh, will testify to that in season one as well. Uh, anyways, 
because we're running low on time, uh, you guys can keep me updated when you have to leave. But uh, walk me through one of the worst missiles of GH and, and talk to us about what was so bad about it and what people can learn from it. All right. This isn't, um, this didn't make number one on the list. It's only number two on the list. But the number one was just such a unicorn of a situation. Honestly, there's some things you can get out of it, but not really that much that can be applied in every single game. You're disappointing so, Twitch chat right now. Uh, you know what? Twitch uh, Twitch chat's still going to get a story. So yeah. let's talk about number Lynch number two on the list. So number two is fitting because that Lynch really was a piece of poop. And I'm talking about um, season four, game 11, day one, uh, Sue was lynched. And the main driver of that Lynch was an individual who pretty much went forward in time, listened to everything we talked about in terms of pieces of advice and good template and everything, took that advice to heart, went back in time, and purposely just decided to just, no, I'm going to do the opposite of that, everything. Um, he believed in not really talking about info or getting in other people's heads or not really saying much of anything, for example, because his biggest fear was that doing that would give the mafia information on where the town's coming from. And that way, if none of the town said anything, all the town held their cards close to their test, chest, uh, the mafia would eventually be the only one talking and they would be forced to inevitably scum slip. So his accusation was basically like, by the way, Sue, you're a wolf. Defend yourself against my accusations. And Sue so was like, um, what are the accusations? And then the response is, and I swear to God, this isn't a verbatim. This is a very close paraphrase. If you were a town, you would know what my accusations were and you would know how to defend yourself without asking me that question. And this <laughs> utter nonsense, this just complete <laughs> lunacy of a strategy just went back and forth and back and forth for a while. But that's not the worst part of it. The worst part of it is it picked up steam. Seven people out of 15 voted for Sue that day, which was a plurality. And five of those seven were villagers. So even if you're not the person who's like doing this completely asinine strategy that makes no sense in any reasonable universe, you still have to take other people's strategies into account. The main thing I wanted people to get out of that article more than anything else is it really does take a village to lynch. It is a communal effort, whether you lynch correctly or whether you lynch incorrectly. And just because I'm making fun of the guy for doing that initial ridiculous logic, there are still four other people that voted along with him. There are four other people that looked at that case and look at that questioning and said, you know, that's pretty smart. I agree with what this guy's saying. And that, um, sorry, I'm, I'm on my soapbox, but I just don't know this lynch. You, you, you have to work as a team and you have to challenge other people and you really have to engage them. If something, if you see something that doesn't look right to you, do something about it and just don't let anything stupid pass. Do not fall victim to bystander syndrome. Yeah. That's very, very solid storytelling, GH. 
God, I and, hate uh, that. I hate, I hate that story. I hate that that story <laughs> exists. But if it does exist, I might as well at least do my best to yeah, get whole, something out of it. That whole game was a zoo. Oh, yeah. sorry for the pun. Uh, actually, related to that, do you think this happens? This is a pretty controversial thing. Do you think the following happens related to that? Do you think people, hardcore push people to be wolves in the hopes that, well, if they're right, they look brilliant. They might even doubt themselves. They might even think, uh, I don't actually have the skills uh, to like uh, convince people that I'm a good player. So what I have to go for is broke. Yes. I have to just laser in on someone. And if I'm right here, I look like a goddamn genius and I'm going to advance. Do you think this is something that happens? Yep. Yes. I, I don't even think that's necessarily people are thinking in terms of I'm going to advance. It's e- even in a normal game, people do that and they'll think I can do this and I'm taking the hero shot. And if I'm right, I can prove I'm a villager. And now you guys all know. Whereas instead of just you know being normal, making the case, this goes back to certainty of reads that I talked about earlier. It's okay to think somebody's a wolf. It's okay to say you think somebody's a wolf. It's not okay to think somebody's a wolf and say you know they are. And just to say, like, a lot of people, even people who aren't falling deep into it, have this impression that the only way to win, to advance, or whatever, is to be the person who comes up with the foolproof, solid case and is never wrong about anything and just drives every lynch through. And it just literally is not the case. I mean, I'm on this podcast, and I was wrong about multiple things in my town games. There were multiple days where I just said, okay, I'll just do what other people want. There were multiple times where I just looked like a complete moron. Um, And, you know, people still gave me votes in the end. So I hope it's somewhat proof that you just don't need to be this perfect god of mafia who's never wrong about anything. Right. uh, We can't all be new. We gotta be who we best we can. (laughs) I, I can comment on this specifically going back to game five, season three, where, um, and, and I think it was number seven on, on GH's list as well, one of the, one of the worst missiles that I had a direct hand in it too. And it's, you know, we, we strung off three wolf uh, lynches in a row, day one, two, three, and I was sitting there feeling powerful, quite frankly. Like, I could not be wrong powerful. And that mindset was extremely detrimental, I've, I've learned since, but to the village, to other competent villagers who try to communicate with me and I wouldn't have any of it. So, you know, we ended up losing that game. We ended up losing that game in in F3. Um, And, you know, that just goes to show that even if you were right, you know, you can still be wrong later or vice versa. So, you know, important to to always reassess and be reading like like these guys have been saying here too. It's it's all, all the information is there for you. Absolutely. Um, I have two uh, themes I want to touch on before we uh, wrap up uh, and we've already talked about this but I, I just want to I want to bring people into jury chat uh, because it's a mystery to people who haven't been there and there's there have been many dissatisfied people throughout the years or throughout the seasons that are like how could you make those decisions that you did and like I think one of the big themes is MVP versus uh, best player like uh, and there's a lot of subjectivity in this and like impact and versus potential or thought process and all that and like we uh, even advanced players that uh, were mislynched uh, I at least uh, can name Autolysis off the top of my head um, Autogoat Auto goat. He died for Townsend's sorry I'm done 
Can you guys <laughs> talk about so so you um, I think has have any of you served as jury member the same season or have it all been? Has uh, that, I guess it's no. all been different seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have mm-hmm. the perspectives of four different juries. So this will be interesting to see if there's overlap. So like, talk to me about what were you looking for, like, and how was the process? Like, get get into details. Like, how was the process? Like, how do you do you re- do you read all the games? Do you reread them? Do you have to skim? Do you divide it up? Do you have a spreadsheet or do you do votes? Do you do secondary votes? Like, how was the process for you guys? Like, just so it's unmystified for people wondering about how the jury works. Um, and whoever can take it first. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so. Basically, I mean, it was a team effort, like a mafia game. We read the games. Um, there's no metric. People always ask if there's a metric. There's no metric. We don't say, well, you got five correct lynches and right, no. you made five good wall posts and you did. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I mean, I think a lot of people understand exactly the things we look for because it's the same things that they look for in their post-game voting. Um, you just you get a sense of who is a good player. You read the post and you see who's making the most sense. You see who's working together well with other people. Um, and so then, at least in my season, we all just kind of posted our thoughts and then we figured out what the consensus was. Um, and then we spent a lot of time narrowing it down. Um, we did it just by like full consensus. Like I think some juries, they do a vote and then they just combine the results of their vote but we just kind of talked it out like a real jury until everyone agreed on everything. Um, Some people made concessions. Some people really wanted one person to advance, but they were alone. So they kind of had to go with the majority. Um, I guess I'm rambling now. Uh, I'll let someone else keep going. Um, I've been on two juries. So it's kind of different experience both times. A lot of it just um, is based on the individual jury makeup of a particular season. But um, in terms of both my jury experiences, uh, all of us who participated have read everything or at least as much as we can. Um, we don't assign games to particular players and I would recommend future juries uh, not do that as well, just because you want everybody deciding to have as um, much of a complete picture of the entire season as possible. So you can kind of really, cause at some point you're going to have to compare how a person uh, you know, uh, a villager who died night two in game one did against a wolf who got lynched on day six in game nine. And completely different scenarios, it can do completely different situations, done sometimes literally months apart, tens of thousands of posts you read in between. So you're going to have to do the full comparison yourself. So we read everything. And I strongly recommend that everybody else on future juries also individually read everything. All right. So, uh, Beck, you are on the jury this year. Actually, yep. uh, uh, have you served uh, on a jury before? Actually, I'm. I'm not. So oh. I, the furthest I made was wild card in season three. So this is my first time um, on the jury this year. And so, I mean, I mean, I won't go into to great length because, like Dell said, I, even talking now with with our group. There's no consensus. Yes, this is the number one thing that makes someone advance. Even in our early conversations as we're talking about theory and, and we're talking about the differences in things such as something as small as the length of a day phase and how that impacts how players play. We're trying to consider a lot of this here. Um, and so, you know, I, I can I can say this at the very least that 
you know, the players that play um, and are themselves and that, that can show that through their posts are the players that we're probably going to be paying the most attention to. doesn't matter if you get mislinched, you know, day one or day six, or if you die night one or you die night six. You know, for us, it's more the contributions you make while alive. Um, you know, and us, we're going to do our best to process this. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of information that, that we're going to be sifting through. Again, we're just working through games one and two right now. We're doing it live. We've got like a, an awesome crew, though. You know, the people that I play with in the finale last year are all amazing players on their own. But they've all got a really phenomenal grasp on how Werewolf was played, um, how, you know, we think the best players do play. Um, and so I think, you know, obviously you can never always get it right. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even selected to, to go on last year and, and I still found a way. So, you know, it, it's, it's not a perfect process, but, you know, you definitely can be confident that the group that we've got here, like past juries too, is going to consider everything. Um, and it's going to make make the most educated decision with the information that we have. So on that note, show everything you got in your qualifier, um, you know, and do your best and be yourself and, and, and we'll find you. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Like that's one thing I want to say uh, to expand that is like uh, the jury for this is like almost a full time job or at least a part time job that they're doing. And I, <laughs> I hope and ask that people uh, respect the work they're doing um, because they did read your post and they, they did consider you uh carefully and uh, you may not know it and maybe you just missed out on wild cards but maybe they used a whole day at debating between you and another player um and th this game is literally accurate at some times yeah uh yeah literally accurate at some times and like we've also had players who didn't advance to a wild card or semi-final may make it to the finals the next season like these things just happen uh and a lot of it is like we wanted to be about uh, the best player, not MVP. That is some, something we emphasize. But sometimes you also do need the right circumstances to show yourself uh, the best sides of you. That is a thing. Um, and one more thing I want to touch on, or um, there's a couple more things. Um, I want to touch on two critiques that we've gotten throughout the years. One critique is um, the jury system. Uh, so like in season one, uh, the, the championship started with me inviting players uh, because it was just a fun thing I did. Uh, so for the first season, I just invited players from the few sites that I knew and the, the players that I knew had good reputations. So that's how the whole thing started. And those then, uh, the finals then served on the jury for the next season. And uh, from season two onwards, uh, each season or each community could only send one representative. So we had a very wide uh, selection of representatives and very many different styles represented. But there's still some carryover from the first season on the jury, and that could that is a critique that the, the carryover has been there ever since. So like the uh, season uh, season two jury, they selected like the styles that um, suited them or were most familiar to them, and it's been that that way ever since. It's one of the critiques we've gotten. Like it's a, there's still a carryover from way back then. Like they keep selecting what they're used to, right? What they're familiar with. Uh, one counter argument to that, one obvious counter argument is that uh, not all finalists are chosen by the jury. Uh, a lot of them are advanced by the players in the qualifiers, uh, and those aren't biased. Um, so I hope that's a thing that people consider. But another critique we've gotten, and um, this goes back to something I touched on earlier, and I could sort of see this, um, is that people uh, pri um, people prioritize town games more than mafia games. Uh, and so the voting system and how people vote and like if you're town you often you want to 
either you vote for this, like this is what some people think. Either if a, a mafia survived the game, you vote for them because hey, they won the game, they survived. Uh, it's easy that hey, they deserve a vote, right? They'll I'll throw them vote. Maybe not first place vote, but they at least get a second place vote. And if it gives them a second place vote, then they probably win the vote. Uh, because the other votes are spread out, right? So that's the thing that happens. But often they want to like give credit to a fellow townie because they were in the same situation and they can appreciate more and they were playing from that perspective. So that's the perspective they're, in the they're together, yeah. Yeah, so that's the perspective that they're valuing. <laughs> and uh, in general, people play town more. So again, jury members may also be prioritizing town play higher than uh, mafia play. Now, there's two sides to this. One is that actually uh, Mafia have... Uh, First of all, that's hearsay. That's, yeah. you know, statistically I, I, I would agree with that. Stat- no, mm-hmm. uh, statistically, uh, Mafia advance way more than they should. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's the thing. But we still have gotten that critique that people... And here's where I think the critique makes sense. And it's what I want you to comment on, Deva, and you other guys can touch on it if you want. Is that for Mafia, often, and some of you have touched on this, uh, actually, Beck, you mentioned this earlier, that you want to make something that isn't a big deal a big deal. And like, if you're a jury watching that, you're thinking, what the fuck is up with Beck? He's not playing well. Like, he's, he's not having good thought process. Like, why is he harping on this and whatever? But you're a Mafia. That's what you want to do sometimes. You don't want to be the smart, intelligent player. You want to, like, or you don't want to pick up those who are lagging behind. You, you don't want to do all these pro-town things. Sometimes you do them anyway, and I think that's a big leak, actually in many uh, people's games uh that's like uh, my overall statement is that you never get town credit for doing pro town things i don't think not in a skillful playlist so why even do them at all uh, it's my <laughs> that's one of my advice uh why even do them if you're not getting town credit for them let the town destruct um so what are your thoughts on that d like do you think uh mafia's thought process and what they're posting are likely to get the attention or the credit well I, I i think as you said um it's a lot easier for people to identify with town in general. They've been in that position more. They know what their right way to play is. And everybody's got different processes about it, but it's all basically with the same goal. Whereas the wolf goal is get villagers lynched somehow. And there's so many different ways to go about that. Yeah. Anything from, you know, distracting them to standing on your soapbox and absolutely driving one crucial lynch that gets you to a point where, you know, now you're down to lynch or lose and okay, maybe you get lynched the next day, but your wolf partner's in a great spot and they're the one that survived, but you did all the legwork for that. And that sometimes gets underappreciated. And it feels icky to vote too many members of a wolf team in if they win the game or even if they don't win the game, just because, well, okay, they didn't all survive. You know, the point of the game is not to survive as a wolf. And I've been guilty of this actually early on. Um, I had a really high survival rate, I think, but when we did, when I didn't, it was pretty much over. Um, Yeah. It's so much easier to identify with the town and then, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. No, but. Let, let me pick up on it because I think you're completely right. Let me bring up an example from myself. Uh, and this is sort of tooting my own, my own horn. Uh, but like um, uh, I once led a mafia team uh, to the only sweep victory in a 21 uh, cup game there's ever been. So all five <laughs> uh, mafia survived. And like I even literally wrote posts for one of my mafia mates and I nailed the cops on nights one and two. 
uh, through, uh, and I was 100% sure they were the cause based on everything that was said and left as cover and such. Uh, so we won with everyone of us alive, but when the game ended, like everyone was like, yeah, we knew Thingy Man was Mafia, right? So I didn't get credit. It was, right. the, it, it, it was the towny mafia. Like there was one of the one of my yeah, mafia. Yeah, it's always the yeah. deep wolf, not not the wolf that like drives yeah. the action. Yeah, yeah. I got zero credit. Like everyone's like, yeah, we yeah we knew we just ugh. how did we get him? Uh, blah blah blah. But like they didn't get me. Like and it's the results and it's the work that matters. And right. of, uh, that okay. is some something that can be overlooked. No, it is, and and sometimes is the wolf the right thing to do is just get the hell out of the way. and knowing when to do that is really important um and just kind of you know lets you and them fight and you know we'll see what happens and picking the right side of that is a subtle ability that nobody ever notices but all right guys we've uh, been on for a long time i have one final question because i promised that i would uh... Uh, bring people's questions to you and two people ask the same thing i'll read up both of the questions but there's so, this it's sort of the same question uh, and i'll post it to you first Dels. uh fate accompli asks what is the upside of going super strong town mode given ah, yes. you will get capped early i guess a better way to ask this is is it better if you're town to lay low and try to finish strong and if so how do you do that if you're the sort of player that is a hard charger as town poison asks basically the same question how should we avoid getting killed at night without laying low Great. Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Well, this is basically tying into exactly what I was talking about earlier, which is respecting everyone else's opinions as much as your own. Now, easier said than done in some towns. But to me, I think, you know, the point of view that I need to survive longer because I'm the one who can solve the game if I'm alive on day five, so I need to purposefully lay low that's basically saying i don't trust the other people to be able to do it but you know why are you why do you have more of a right to be there on day 5 and solve the game than someone else and also we talked a lot about the importance of being yourself and just being authentic so if you are purposefully choosing to lay low and not say what you're thinking that's going to be very easily confused with being a mafia member who is also purposefully trying to lay low and not say what they're really thinking, which is the thing. Don't be like the guy who lynched Sue. Don't, don't, do, don't compare yourself to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just personally, I just don't see the point in trying to lay low to survive longer. I think you just have to trust the other players in your game to do well if they live longer than you. You also have to trust them to be able to correctly determine if you were a good player or not in post-game voting. Uh, same with the jury. You just have to trust it. And players who die night one and night two have very high chances of moving on anyway. People can usually tell that they were skilled. Um, and also, like I was saying, there are doctor possibilities this year, so that's even less incentive for the wolves to kill you if you're strong. So I I think the answer to how do I successfully lay low to live longer is uh, please, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I have two comments to that, and I'll let you other guys comment as well. Um, one is um, to play devil's advocate, because there's a difference here between a regular championship game and a regular mafia game. So I don't know, Dells, if your advice here goes to a championship game versus a mafia game. But like, let's take a two plus two, um, where we had many cup games. Uh, so a lot of the games were sent around the cup, and you wanted to protect the cup. So drawing the night kill was a huge thing. You wanted, as a vanilla, if you were in cup, you wanted to draw the night kill. You wanted to take the bullet for the cup, the important role. 
That was a huge thing. Soa went against the grain on that. Soa, previous finalist, a two-time finalist. Uh, he made it popular, at least a lot am amongst the stronger players, he made it popular to um, to tr purposely try to survive long into the game because he believed himself to be, and he was, uh, to be frank, better than the other players. So he wanted to be alive for the end game where the, where the decisions mattered much more because if you're the best player and I, like... Of course, this is selective. We all only remember our good games, but I also believe myself <laughs> to be a good player. And like, I just remember those early games where like, I again posted a solving PoE list on day one or two. I again did it, I again did it, but I was killed on night one or two and they never followed the list. So like, should I adapt? Should I try to survive longer? Like, because, so like, what are your, uh, what are your other guys' thoughts on that? Like, so Delts is saying, uh, don't do it, like be yourself because otherwise you can be mafia. But is true skill, is true skill being a good player and being able to survive a bit longer? No. Um, no. All right, GH. The absolute most beneficial thing you can do for your alignment if you ran town is to be as villagery as possible, as early as possible. Make yourself unlynchable under any circumstances, no matter what, just through good posting. If you have an entire game where villagers do that, then Mafia have no chance of winning whatsoever. Take yourself out of the lynch pool. Take yourself out of the POE. That's one more person the Mafia have to deal with personally, and one less person that the town can um, inadvertently aid the Mafia in by mislynching. You do that, that's one. If you and I do that, that's two. And if enough people do that, it doesn't matter how good the Mafia is, the game's over. Yeah, they're going to get pigeonholed, if I'm using that term. Yes. Yeah, they're gonna get they are in put on. into the box, as a uh, wide says, uh, wrote about on the Mafia <laughs> University uh, section. Exactly. Good article. Go read yeah. it. And like, I'll, uh, say, I'll say two things. Oh, go ahead, please, sir. Nope. Go ahead, Beck. I was going to say on, on GH Note, totally the right advice there because as a Wolf who had just played two games against really tough competition, you know, we are fortunate to come out on top, but that that game was was painstaking when several villagers were just so good at being villagers. It made my job so much more difficult. And then that's when you start to see the cracks in the Wolves and they're easier to catch. So he's totally got the right advice there, you know, from a villager's perspective. The second thing I'd mention here too, and this might peel back the layer in terms of how we're looking at this preliminary from preliminarily for as, as the jury is we're, we're really trying to grade you from point A to point, point B, right? If that's, you know, one day, you know, that you're alive, if that's six days, you're alive again, what you do with that time and the effort that you put forward is what we're looking for. If, you know, you do, you know, middle of the line, right. And you die day two anyway, you've only shot yourself in the foot. So it's really taking, you know, everything that you've got and showing it with the time you have, and we're going to notice that. So if that's ever a fear, you know, particularly those that ask the question, you know, don't let it be. Play your hearts out. So the message from uh, a jury member this year, and like as a former jury member myself, I'll repeat it. Uh, try your hardest. Like it's only <laughs> going to play well to the jury. So uh, many of you here think you should do that in any game, but you should especially do it in a championship game. You should not do the opposite in a championship game. You should really go all out. And also, like, uh, going back to something we talked about earlier, like, if you go all out and, like, part of building success is building a core, a foundation. So if you're not there to help the foundation on day one because you're doing your own thing and trying to survive, 
well, you're not going to have a foundation to fit into uh, later on. Like, you're not going to be able to achieve what you want to achieve later in the game anyway. Uh, Dwetzel, what yeah. does the D in Dwetzel stand for? Popolis. Uh, it's just my first name. I'm David. That's uh. my first name. So <laughs> there you go. Not the most exciting, but there it is. All right. So, so yeah. David, um, do you have anything uh, to add to uh, what we're talking about? Yeah, I, I think the most, I think the biggest thing you can do advance is play to win the game. However you play it. Um, I always had a phrase when I was playing, there were two types of people. There are the ones that would, you know, storm the cockpit of the hijacked plane. And there were people down afterwards who would analyze the wreckage when they got it down. And <laughs> I was always more of the second sort. But I, the first kind, you do draw earlier kills, but you also, like they said, lay the foundation for people to win the game. And if that's your style, do that it's a lot easier to get noticed for things you did day one or day two. If people look at your, your stuff, day three, day four, day five, and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe they were right. Maybe that's the reason they got killed and, and take it from there. I, and if you, if you get killed early as a villager, if you get night killed, it's because the wolves feared you. Yep. And I think every single jury member is going to think about that. And yeah, try right. to decipher why and if you did that in such a way where you communicated that to the village and that takes them along that's that's yeah. the right way to play for you yeah and like, i think it's going to probably get rewarded like honestly i think night one kills have at least an 80 plus percent um stat of advancing night, um, night two night two night two Night two, Yeti has an ongoing Google Talk oh, oh, analyzing it. Do you know yeah. the stat for night one? Uh, not as high as night two, not at the top of my head. Okay. But, but it's still pretty high. Like, yeah. if you're like, I don't think any of us, yeah. Night one and night two players advance a lot. Um, all right, guys, we're nearing the end here. I want to end on a fun note. Um, so first, um, I'm going to ask you a quiz question. Ooh. Who holds the all-time record of qualifier points? Does anyone know? Oh, yeah. You do? In a single qualifier, right? Yeah. Um, Beck's wolf partner in the season six finale, Lady Lambda Delta. That is correct. Do you remember how many points? 70. 70 points, that is correct. Yeah, because she broke my record, so yeah, I remember (laughs) it. (laughs) That is the all-time record. Of course, all seasons are incomparable to each other because the voting system changed and uh, the number of uh, people in each game also changed and all that. Uh, all right, very well done, GH. You get a you get a cookie for that. A virtual cookie. A virtual high five. A Corona high five. Woo! <laughs> 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 all right. So um, I'm gonna uh, show the teaser one last time. And when I return, I want all of you, as the very final thing we do, to name your guess at who will win this season. And I guess Beck, you're a jury member, but come on, you. I mean, let's just all trust that Beck isn't biased. He, we, <coughs> like he hasn't. Like there's only been two games, so let's okay. Let's let's make this rule. You can't name anyone from games one or two. So even if you do think it's someone from games one or two, you can't say that. So you're talking about someone who hasn't even played yet, and. Uh, yeah, he's on absolutely. a jury. He's on a jury with a lot of m- other people. So if they think the person shouldn't advance, all right, come on, guys, you trust us. Uh, he's not going to be biased. So when I return, these guys will each have their guess for who's going to win this season. We will be right back. 
Can you guys tell that I like that teaser a lot? Actually, and you might have noticed uh, that teaser is actually from season five. I didn't get it updated, so you'll see a lot of community names on there that aren't playing this season. But uh, uh, we'll do it to uh, celebrate them having been part of this. Uh, whatever. All right. Uh, and the th- a theme song, by the way, if you like it, is from the Genius. I can only recommend go watching it. It's <laughs> like I think it's the best show ever, and I'm not exaggerating. I think it's the best show ever. Uh, so if you're in a strategy or survivor or whatever, you should go watch it. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's t- uh, turn it over to you, GH first. Who's your pick? Um, well, the 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 money's probably on the MU rep Smart Bomb, but I like to be the only. I like the fact that I'm the only MU rep to have one champ, so I'm not going to say Smart Bomb. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with um, one of the folks uh, from the season five finale. I'm going to say, Hey, Mom. Yeah, I think she's smart. I think she's motivated. I think she's going to bring it home this year. And I still feel bad about how the, the finale ended for her, so that's part of it as well. Hey, monkey. Yeah. From reset era. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good guess. Dels, who you got? Uh, I like Hey, monkey too, but I'm gonna go with Psycho Soldier as mm-hmm. my pick. I think Psycho Soldier is a phenomenal town player um, who just unfortunately caught a little bit of a bad break last time he was in finals. But I think there's a lot of potential to, um, as we said, learn from it and uh, do even better this year. So we have two former finalists picked so far. Uh, Beck, who do you believe in? Well, I'm not going to buck that trend. I think that there's a lot of really talented players here, which is what I'm most excited about. Uh, if you're going to make me pick here, one, just because I've, I've seen them play before and I know they're really talented. Sorry to put the pressure on. I'm really excited to see Silver Keith play. Silver um, Yeah, so I, I think he's going to do well. Um, I've seen him really talented Wolf, really talented Villager, so um, I might put my money there. All right, D. Wetzel, who you got? I'm oh just looking goodness. through the list. I myself. have absolutely no idea. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I have absolutely no idea who any of these people are. Just pick uh, Cruz. He's the two plus two rep. Sure, Cruz. I tell you what. I I've obviously I've played with Cruz a number of times. He's uh, he's always a villager. Eccentric. He's an eccentric fellow. <laughs> Um, but I honestly do, th- if he, if he takes it seriously, which is, is always in question, he is, he, he's better than he lets on sometimes and he's got some potential to do some things in this. So sure. We'll, we'll shout out to the two plus two guys. We'll give it to you, Cruz. Go for it. Good All luck. Right. You believe in Cruz. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so a fun fact about two plus two, um, Soa advanced to the finale in the uh, season two. But I believe uh, that 2 plus 2 hasn't advanced to the finale since. Uh, Beck, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not sure about last season. Was there a 2 plus 2 in the finale? Uh, it was Batman. Yeah. It could be wild cards, but that's where he stopped. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, they've advanced to the wild cards a lot of times, but uh, not the finale since Soa in season 2. So I would say that they're underperforming a bit. So uh, let's see how they do this season. <laughs> I have three names. I have three names I want to bring up because it's hard to n- uh, mention just one. You're super high on Holy Flare, if I recall. I am super high on Holy Flare from Team Liquid. I've uh, I've been trying to get him to play for uh, many years. Um, so Holy Flare indeed is one of my names from Team Liquid. Uh, shouldn't Team Liquid have a Mafia team? That would be awesome, right? Uh, yeah. And then another player I want to mention is Two Million Bucks from Board Game Geek. Uh, Again, like he has a lot of playing and hosting experience, and like the hosting experience is 
Yeah. It's not something. It's very to, underrated. Uh, it's very it's underrated. Difficult. Like I think hosting one game gives you at least the experience of playing three games. It's important to also play because you need that part as well. But like being able to look at a game with the, from that perspective, right? And just being able to watch the dynamics and interactions and how it all works, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. I think that's a huge advantage. So those two, and let me find the last player. Um, who was it? I saw him on here. Why did yeah. you get to name three? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the three that we all named. So yeah, and also Cruz too, I guess. Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know Cruz, but I mean, I, yeah. It's because I'm special, Dulce. Nice player. Oh, you thing, I don't know if you want to save it for next week. Um, but I don't know if we commented on spec chat. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Might be uh, good just to, because we're going to have more players dying across next week. Just, just uh, you know, a little bit there let's, too. Let's, uh, yeah, let's touch on it briefly, uh, but save it as a bigger topic for indeed next week. Sure. The last player I want to mention, of course, is uh, you got to go with the stats. I'm a stats guy. And as we touched on earlier, flash, flash revolution, mm, round yeah. box. Yeah. Uh, people have also been trying to get him to play for years. Uh, I believe they're going to have a strong showing again this year. And uh, yeah, so those are my three picks. Yeah, Flash Fresh Revolution, Board Game Geek, and uh, Team Liquid. Um, also veterans in the series, veterans. Yeah, Spec Chat. So what are you saying, Beck? I think I, I would leave this one a GH2. Um, go, I mean, I kind of just general kind of thoughts. I think just setting the stage for when these players re-enter Spec Chat um, is the yeah. biggest thing. So I, I, if you guys want to give a liner there, so it, it's keeping the, in this all in context too is really yeah. important. Yeah. So actually, I think I want to bring this over to Dels because I think it was Dels who brought this up and I agreed with the thoughts uh, completely. Yeah. And uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to steal your words. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, Dels, right, you, you had some thoughts yeah. on this issue. Yeah, sure. So, um, so let me contextualize it. Or would, can you contextualize it first? Because again, these are people that may not even know spec chat or where is that? Oh, okay, and, sure. Yeah. So spec chat is, it's the discord channel for people spectating the championships. Um, so this means people from your community who have come to watch you, people from the Mafia Universe community, uh, and more importantly, people who die in their game, they then get to join the spectator chat as well. Um, and so that's the thing that people can find to be a little bit of a shocking experience because you die and you didn't realize there's like 50, 60 people in there who were talking about you and commenting on every move you made. And some of those comments about moves you made are going to be things like, I didn't like that move they made. I thought that was a bad move. And sometimes they'll be worded a little bit more forcefully than that, because it's similar to like when you're watching a horror movie and you're like, why are they going off all alone with the killer? People are acting like that in spec chat. They are going to be screaming at their screen, mashing on their keyboard. How did they vote that person out? What are they doing? They have no clue how to play. And so as a player, you go in there and then you see that and it can feel bad. Um, and not just that, not just the people who are raging. Sometimes there's people who are, they kind of act not necessarily high and mighty, but they'll basically be like, well, this person was obviously a wolf. If I was in the game, <laughs> I would have been able to catch them. We call those people uh, DVC warriors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so there's basically two things to remember. I'll cover one of them and then I'll just pass it over to GH. So the <laughs> you first important thing <laughs> to remember is, and this is what Karen is saying in chat, that's the fun part. 
Um, personally, I don't think it would be fun to spectate a game if when town is doing the mislinch that loses them the game, you're typing in spec chat, this doesn't seem like a good lynch, but I do understand that Mafia is a difficult game, so I might not make the correct <laughs> lynch either. Um, so it's still well played to everyone. You know, you don't want, that's not fun. You want to be like, what are they doing? Um, and so I just think it's important that everyone knows there's like a mutual understanding, um, hopefully, amongst everyone in the games and in spectator chat that we all know the game is hard. We all know that we would be making the same mistakes as you if we were in there. Uh, it's just, it's more fun to spectate any game if you allow yourself to really, really get into it. Um, and also spec chat. Spec chat is a 70 person Mason chat, all of whom have read maybe about 5% of the game individually. And they are uh, operating with 95% confidence in their reads. So it's basically just that. And occasionally you'll get a name like just a real psycho person that actually reads most if not all of the game that comes in and drops their reads and then everybody comes in and sheeps that person anyway um nobody in spec chat knows what they're talking about the official motto of spec chat is spec chat has been wrong before and we will be wrong again and we say that with love exactly i mean Generally. this this is the mafia championship it's a spectator sport uh, that's what we're turning it into uh, that's part of it uh, and like when you're watching an LFL match on on uh, on the telly, uh, and someone does a horrible pass or drops the ball, you yell at the person and scream, "Why the hell is he on the team? Why did he what?" and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? But I mean, if you saw that person in real life, you wouldn't say it. Uh, most of us wouldn't. And it's the same thing here. Like uh, you're playing in a championship. You're playing in a world championship. Uh, and with that honor also follows uh, this, um, and. Uh, that is not to um, say that I don't understand how people can sometimes be hurt or um, like have trouble uh, understanding why people are saying these things. Especially and if, if people not prepared. cross a personal line and take yeah. it too far, you can absolutely right. report that to any moderator at any time. Yes, right, and it's like it's and like it's a culture clash thing, and it's I think sometimes it's un it's unfortunate because like it's also. Like I, I can even I can speak honestly and say that uh, this is something that uh, me and my moderator team tries uh, tries to focus on, but it's hard. Like someone says one thing critical of someone's play, and that in itself isn't over the line. But uh, like, how do you moderate the fact that there are fifty negative uh, criticisms of someone mm -hmm. and no no positive things about that person? Right? They're obviously gonna feel bad when they get inspected at chat. But we couldn't moderate any one of those messages because it was just an opinion on their game, which was within the rules. Like that's like that's yeah. an, a difficult thing to navigate in as as us uh, the organizers and the moderators, and uh, well, when I hope people understand how difficult it can be, uh, but I also want to take this as an opportunity to, to say to those of you who hang out in the spectator chat a lot, and know some of you do, um, if you want, uh, I think we should keep the fun part. But one of the fun parts is also having people stick around, and people are not likely gonna, to gonna stick around, play more games, and uh, their community isn't gonna return. We have had communities drop out Absolutely. because their spec, uh, their representative had a bad experience, and that bad experience had to do with comments and spec chat, and that's unfortunate because the main thing here we're doing is trying to build bonds between communities, right. and if we're losing uh, communities because of uh, comments, that's also bad. So it's a like it's a it's a difficult line, uh, all in all. But I hope that we also like can be welcoming to people. So like. So this is my final thing. If you see someone uh, come into spec chat 
whoever they are, if they if you think they did poorly uh, or well, uh, be very welcoming. Uh, greet them warmly and uh, make them feel welcome. Inspect the chat, and uh, maybe you build a re- re- relationship there. And hey, if you're someone named Ask the Pizza Guy, you maybe even get a wife and a baby out of it. <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing things can happen is what i'm yeah. saying all right guys i want to thank you a lot for coming on this i'm very pleasantly surprised that i uh, got four previous winners um i did reach out to cool kid and whiskey jack uh maybe they'll be on for a later show um i have a lot of things like we didn't even get through our gender, <laughs> uh, so there, are, which is a good thing. I was hoping for that, uh, but I overprepared <laughs> to be sure that we had enough s- stuff to yes. talk about. So there are many, many subjects to talk about in the following weeks. I want to try to make this a weekly thing. It, of course, depends on whether I can get people for this. Um, I do hope to get some of you back. I can reveal that I don't want to have it be the same group because one of th- some of the themes I'm going to touch on would be... Um, it would be better suited to have other perspectives for that. Yeah. Uh, but I thought yeah. for this warm up, it made very good sense to have winners. <laughs> uh, start strong, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So cool. good luck to all those out there trying to be one of these four to join their ranks. Uh, I do hope to see you uh, on a following podcast, or in, if not that, I hope to see you in a following uh, reunion game. I will have both. <laughs> a general all all former reps game but i also have a former finalist game uh and in 10 years time maybe a former finalist uh winner's game (laughs) (laughs) but we'll have to wait some time for that all right guys uh thanks again to you thank you thank you for organizing both this and all of champs thanks so much thanks everyone for tuning in and see you next week all right bye-bye